Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now, I guess right now is speaking about St. Paul as well, but in a completely different way. Um, her name is Trom Hwang, and um, it's called the Keep St. Paul Home Campaign Going. And... Um, she is joining us now. So speaking of St. Paul, they don't have a public safety ballot question this fall, but they do share one question for Minneapolis and St. Paul, and that will be um, voting on the rent control. Trom Wong Hong, thank you so much for joining us. Um, you are the campaign manager from Take Action Minnesota. And, of course, I want to start by reading the question, and here it goes. Um, should the city adopt the proposed ordinance limiting rent increases? The ordinance limits residential rent increases to no more than 3% in a 12-month period, regardless of whether there is a change of occupancy. The ordinance also directs the city to create a process for landlords to request an exception to the 3% limit based on the right to a reasonable return on investment. A yes vote is a vote in favor of limiting rent increases, and a no vote is a vote against limiting rent increases. We just want to make sure that you know what this means. Welcome, Tram Hwang. Thank you so much for joining us. Good evening. Thanks so much for having me. Um, You know, although this question will be on the Minneapolis and the St. Paul ballot, what are you hearing so far from um, constituents and from the voters who are thinking, should I really answer that question or not? Yeah, thanks for that question. Um, We've been having really good conversations with thousands and thousands of voters across St. Paul. Um, They are both renters and homeowners and property owners. And what we found that really resonates with folks is that Rent stabilization to a housing market is very much like minimum wage is to labor. Um, People need a basic level of protection. And currently what we have now in St. Paul is is no protections at all for tenants, meaning, and this is what we're seeing across the city, um, that many folks are seeing rent increases of, you know, $300, $400, even $500 at a time. I know we've been talking to some um, elderly tenants over on the east side of St. Paul They've seen their rent increase $400, and of course, they're on fixed incomes, and there's no way that they're able to keep up with that. So what we're hearing across St. Paul is that voters want to be able to take action towards addressing our housing crisis. We know that there are many solutions to that problem. Um, We need all of those solutions. We need all of the tools. And voting yes on rent stabilization is one of the ways that we can help to address the crisis. 
you know, this crisis has been going on for so many decades. I can go all the way back to about 44, 45 years here in Minnesota where it went back and forth. Okay, Minnesota is for the renters. No, they're for the landlords. And finally, here we're looking at an opportunity to possibly both can win in some way. Tell us how both can win. Yes, that's a really good point. I think what we're we're spreading the message that this is for all of us, right? This is for everyone who lives in St. Paul who wants to put down roots in our communities. And we should all be able to do that, whether we live in Highland Park or Frogtown, whether we live in Mac Groveland or the East Side. Um, and we should be able to do that whether we're renters or owners. And the what we've noticed in the past decade, especially after, for, after the foreclosure crisis, is that um, predatory and corporate landlords think, you know, Blackstone with the um, with their many private equity firms that are scooping up properties across our cities, they are really starting to enter our housing market. And what that means is that they are outbidding with cash our first-time home buyers, and they're also outbidding our local property owners. And we know that local property owners are good for our housing market, right? They are rooted in community. They know who the neighbors are. They're not operating a rental um, business from across the country. But the presence of national corporate landlords who aren't really looking out for us um, is growing rapidly in the Twin Cities. The Urban Institute recently came out with a report saying that in both Hennepin and Ramsey County, um, the presence of single family rentals through those corporate landlords is rapidly growing. And this policy is a way to disincentivize those private equity firms from entering our housing market so that we can keep it local, whether that means um, local property owners, or it means first-time home buyers that are trying to enter our market and obviously cannot compete with the kind of money that's being thrown in from private equity firms. I don't know why this is legal, that they can throw that money in, because these people, you know, Minnesotans really need a home. They need a place to call home. Uh, we have so many that are, are homeless, not because they are derelict or, you know, what people assume homeless people are like. We're talking about families that are living in one car because they can't afford to rent at all. And it's it's maddening. It's disturbing that we're at this point over and over and over again. So if this passes, what will be the first step? renters will need to take in order, um, well, if the answer is yes, how will it all roll out? What's the first thing the renters need to know? Yeah, so the first thing that will actually have to happen is that the city is going to have to figure out an implementation process. And this is a really important piece of it because we want to make sure that the rules and information that are being spread about the new policy are accurate and make its way across the city Um, before it's actually enacted, right? We don't want something to be enacted the day after election day, but people don't know about it. So it's really important that we have a period of time for the city to educate both, you know, renters, homeowners, and landlords about the changes that are coming to the regulatory environment. And then from there, um, the the rule will be enacted, which means that um, if you are a renter, for example, your rent would not be able to be increased more than 3% a year. Um, within a 12-month period. And I think it's really important for for renters to be able to track that information, right? Make sure that when you get a lease renewal, um, your increase is not more than 3%. And, you know, 3% may seem like a small number when we're just thinking one, two, three. But when we apply that percentage to how much people are paying rent, um, it can actually be a significant amount. For example, 3% of someone's um, monthly rent, if they're paying $1,000, is $30. And so, you know, thinking as, as a renter, you'll just want to be thinking about what that means for your budget. And knowing that 3% is the max is really helpful for people to do some financial planning, whether that is to you know save up for your kids to go to college or save up for that 
um, that business that you've been wanting to open or just saving up because you finally have the, the housing stability to to try to achieve financial stability. You know, the pandemic has really affected the renting industry. Um, it's been difficult for people to pay their rent because the jobs just kind of dropped off. Uh, many of the young people had to move back home with their parents. And at first, we started seeing downtown Minneapolis, it appeared to be dying. But of course, it wasn't. There's a renewal there now. And some of those rents are going right back up to 2000 or $2,500. And it's incredible. So we're not talking about low income rent. We're talking about all rent, correct? Yes, and that's a really important piece because currently everyone is is vulnerable to a, a rent increase that could potentially cause displacement from their home. Whether you're paying for a three bedroom, you know, luxury apartment or a small studio, um, there is nothing currently existing in law that protects your rent from going up any amount. And so, of course, what we've been seeing um, across the city is that some folks are seeing their rent double. Some folks are seeing their rent um, increase by thirty percent. You know, there are always some people who, whose rent have been stable, and that's what we want for everyone. Um, and the research shows even that the median rent increase for the past 20 years has actually been at or below 3%. And so what we're trying to achieve with this policy is make sure that everyone gets that type of stability, right? We're not changing the game for the majority of property owners and the majority of renters because the history of rent increases has been around 3%. What we're really trying to do is protect people from those outrageous, egregious rent increases, the ones that can really displace someone from their home, that can destabilize um, a student that's trying to focus in school, that can destabilize a senior who's trying to age in place, um, thinking about the families and community members that exist in St. Paul. I love hearing that. At the same time, of course, if you're on government money um, and you're doing the best that you can um, trying to survive with your family, are the homeowners also uh, increasing some of those rents on people, even though the government is paying a significant amount of the monthly amount? Yeah, I think, um, you know, when we look at the, the research that was done by the University of Minnesota, what we found is that the cost of operating housing, whether that includes you know, property taxes or maintenance, um, any of that, the increases within the past 20 years were at or below 3%. And so what that means for us is that we know business can be operated um, in the ways that people need to operate business at a rent increase that is uh, below or at 3%. And, and so when we enact this policy in the future, that won't change um, operations for the majority of people. We're really hoping that it targets those corporate and predatory landlords we previously spoke about who are entering our housing market and buying up the housing stock um, and turning our, our city into essentially a, a private equity firm's playground, right? And we don't want that wealth to be extracted from St. Paul and brought to the banks. We want to make sure that the local economy is strengthened when people they pay rent. You know, when people pay rent, they should be going to someone who owns property locally, and that money can then stay in community and support the small businesses that we know have been hurting so much from the pandemic and um, need a little boost from community. Oh, a little boost. <laughs> That's an understatement. That is for sure. Um, you know, here in Minneapolis, we have that big question on the ballot uh, from for those of us in Minneapolis. And I'm wondering if it has been a challenge to get this information out about this renting uh, and how and what you want to do with it. And if it's really stopping um, Minneapolis and St. Paul uh, renters, as well as those who are concerned about the police and the public safety piece, is it hard to get the information, both of them, into the hand of the voters? What are you hearing? Yeah, you know, what we've been doing is, is relying a lot on, on people's 
relationships, right? Making sure that if you do know about what's on the ballot, text and call your friends, let them know. That's the best way to spread information. Um, obviously, our campaigns have a limited amount of money, so we're not able to you know, have TV ads or send mailers to everyone. And so we try to rely on word of mouth. We know that that's a really good way to organize people because, you know, everyone can think of 10 people they know in the city. And those 10 people probably care about similar things, whether that's public safety or whether that's housing. Um, and that's been the best way for us is, is really focusing on the relationships people have. And it's a housing is a really easy thing for people to talk about with their friends because it's a universal experience, right? Whether we um, live in an apartment or a duplex or a home um, or a condo, we all can have a conversation about what it means to have stable housing and how great that is for our ability to live the lives that we want. Um, and so those are the conversations we're encouraging people to have with their networks. Okay, so we've asked the question about what if the answer is yes, but what if the answer is no? What does Take Action Minnesota do next? Yeah, so our coalition um, is Keep St. Paul Home is the campaign, and it includes many organizations such as Take Action and um, district councils, neighborhood associations, unions, SEIU, SDFE, Unite Here. So many people know that this is an important issue. So, you know, if for some reason the voters say no, um, we're going to continue fighting for rent stabilization because we know from all of the people that we have talked to, um, whether that's through the unions and nonprofits and housing advocacy organizations or just people that we're, we're talking to at the grocery store and at the library, um, that housing affordability is a huge issue for everyone. And we will continue fighting to make sure that St. Paul is a place we can all call home, regardless of whether we are black, white, native to this land, immigrant, um, and whether we're a senior on fixed income or, or a college student who is, you know, living off those student loans. We want to make sure that everyone has a place to call home in St. Paul. So this question, as we said earlier at the beginning of this interview, is Minneapolis and St. Paul is on the ballot, yet this is really all about keep St. Paul home. Why are Minneapolis residents also voting? Yeah, so I'm only working on the Keep St. Paul Home campaign. Um, the, mm -hmm. the Minneapolis campaign is separate, but I think the time is right, right? I think both um, both cities are realizing that our housing crisis and the ways that we've been trying to address it have not been enough, right? We don't have enough tools in our toolbox. Of course, we need to build more housing. Of course, we need to invest more deeply in building deeply affordable housing. And at the same time, the more that we build, there is still nothing to protect our most vulnerable tenants from rent increases that can displace them. So I think the reason why both cities are, are taking it to the ballot is because, well, one, it's, it's the urgency, right? What we're hearing from people in the city. And two, um, the legal process that we're allowed to use actually requires us to go to the ballot. That's the only way. Due to state law, city council members cannot actually vote to enact a rent stabilization policy in either city. So legally, we have to take it to the ballot. Well, I love that. <laughs> Take it to the ballot and let's see what happens. That's coming up on November 2nd. If people want more information about this, where do they go? Yeah, for St. Paul, you can go to keepstphome.org, and that's where you can learn all about the ordinance, how it came to be, the organizations that are a part of it, and uh, many frequently asked questions. Oh, and I do have one final question. I apologize. Um, when it comes to the renters, if this goes through, what is their responsibility? Is there any change in how they will live and, and keep this rent going um, without an increase? Yeah, I think, um, you know, every, every time a renter signs a lease, they have um, a booklet of rights and responsibilities that they have to follow. That does not change. Um, the only thing that changes is that you want to keep an eye on, on your lease and your rent increases. 
so that when it's time to renew your lease or when you get a notification that rent's increasing, um, you want to make sure that it is the legal 3%, right? And if not, um, there will be a process to report that with the city and make sure that all of our, our renters are protected from egregious rent increases. So really, it's about keeping an eye on your rent so that it's not exceeding the legally required amount. It's been a pleasure having you on tonight, Wong. Thank you so much. That is uh, Trom Wong joining us from Keep St. Paul Home. Take care of yourself, and I look forward to finding out what the results are. Thank you so much. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.